program is awareness-based, so sometimes we have people that ask how to do things, and that's a little bit hard because it's a public program, but we're here to create an awareness. And the last one is once you ask your question, it's a public forum, so be aware that once it's on, it's on. And we always thank each and every week the people that are so brave to call, to ask their questions, and Baruch Hashem to help us be part of creating an emotional awareness in Klal Yisrael. And Baruch Hashem, people changing, getting better, growing. It is a pure schos to be able to be part of that and having you all being a part of that. So now, Mayor of Nissen would like to invite everyone to make your call, call us up. I'd love to take your questions and your comments. And the number to call up is 718-683-5858. That is the... That is what we are looking for, Master Shem. So again, looking forward to having your questions and your comments, and, and looking forward to that. We yeah. have the first caller, Miss L. Miss L, hi, you're on with Mordechai and Rav Nissen. Hi, okay, I have two questions. Yes. Um, first of all, is mindfulness in DBT um, kosher? Because it says there that it's Eastern, like it's based on Eastern religion. And I just wanted to know the research you, if you found any research, if that's okay to use since it stems from Eastern religion. That's the first question. Okay. And, and the second yeah. question is, what is borderline, really? I heard that borderline is people that were born with an emotional, volatile disposition, and they don't have a validating environment. So it seems that it's... I'm not sure if it's just that. A lot of people with borderline uh, just like switch into all different type of personalities, mean, nice, helpless, etc. So like, is there any information to understand this better besides fitting into the nine criteria? Like, is there something, like, is there a clearer way to understand what it really is? Um, what I was going to do is I was going to take the book and read the nine mm -hmm. criteria. So I'm not sure what you want. Do you want to know if you could take nine criteria and move, move it down to three? No. That's I, why I, in order to be – yeah. So I'm not sure what are you asking again. The second, no, I, question. I, I really, uh, the second question really is like what is borderline really? It's, it's a uh, point of nine. You need to have minimum five, you know, five out of the nine, six out of the nine you need to have. If you only have three of them, then you're not borderline. If you just have an interpersonal relationship issue, that's not the rest of it. No, you need to have several points. There are people that could have people that could have a difficulty with regulating their emotion, but they're not borderline. They could mm -hmm. be very so in other words, it's a complicated uh, diagnosis where it's there, there are a lot of uh, there are five out of nine uh, criteria which bring the person to a certain type of emotional state. You see, using the word emotional state, someone could be depressed. Someone could be very angry. That doesn't mean they're borderline. I feel like you're misusing words and you're, like, misusing them a little. But I don't want you to take it in the wrong way. But it's like saying someone is from, so could they be a Sephardi? Could they be Ashkenaz? Could they be a Chassid? Could they be a person that's Ashkenaz, that's working, that, that's, that's not Litvish, someone that can come from different areas? There are so many different words, and you're putting them all together. So how, I, it almost sounds like you're thinking of a person and you're trying to make it work. No, I just, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a, a, a disorder that I think a lot of people misunderstand, and I'm just trying to get okay. an understanding of how do you really classify 
you know, it could be borderline, it could be something else. When is a borderline? When is a not? Oh, that you need a professional to do. And even mm-hmm. most beginner most beginner therapists do not diagnose borderline. You mm-hmm. generally are more advanced to diagnose that. So it sounds like you're trying to get what is it? And the answer to that is, as is in every diagnosis that we have, there's a professionals that need to know that, and you also need to know what it is not. It means if you can have certain other issues, you do not diagnose the person borderline. I understand. It's a complicated thing. Okay, thank you. And about the first issue. Yes. So let's go to the concept of mindfulness, and is it um, Eastern religion, and from that Middle Eastern part? And the answer is absolutely not. And let me clarify what that means. There is a concept of meditation, and those, again, sometimes when people do that, there could be following a certain type of Middle, uh, of I shouldn't say Middle, Middle East, Far East, type of like the Buddhist religion and the other types that might be having uh, meditation to it. Mindfulness is a U.S., is a Western term for someone focusing on their mind on one thought. That's not meditating, thinking about higher energies or spiritual diagrams that might be Shilas of Avayda Zara. That's not going into certain uh, let's say churches or monasteries or whatever it is that they do in those Buddhist temples or other type temples that are there, ashrams and any other type of stuff there. Mindfulness was done by Western people which have no religion attached to it and it's about learning how to just, let's say, breathe in and out and just listen to your breath. Or how to, let's say, eat a raisin because that's the classical one that they use and actually notice the texture. Mindfulness is a classic one to use. When you do the dishes, just notice how you're doing each dish and focusing on the dish and noticing the water. There's I no understand. religion, there's no spiritual. Mm-hmm. I understand. It's just that when in the brochure of DBT, it has, it has, it says, um, this was used in Eastern spiritual practices. So I just like, I don't know what, so let's clarify. Hold on. Now you're using the word DBT? I don't know what brochure or who you're talking about and what they're doing. Mindfulness is about being in the moment, nothing to do with the religion or anything. Mm-hmm. That is okay. mindfulness. Uh, well, Thank you so much. Sure. Let's jump on a little bit. Uh, I would, would say about meditation. Uh, I used to practice a lot of meditation. Yeah. And first of all, uh, we have uh, the Kabbalah, Kabbalah meditation. It's also by the Jewish and call it Bodhidut. It's something that basically constituted between you and uh, I would say uh, we the, the the our higher power, for example. But in the Buddha is and the difference between uh, I would say the Eastern meditation and the Jewish meditation is basically defense where you're leading yourself to. By the by the Eastern meditation, basically you become like a ball of. Uh, black hole I call it, really, that you observe the energy into yourself, basically you become selfish, you become like so powerful and when um, people practice meditation uh, on this level, yes, they can do it, you can, you can take a, a, create a ball of energy in you, in between your hands and just throw it to, to somebody else. But the Jewish meditation basically is the opposite, basically you are reflecting, you become like a mirror effect they throw out the energy out and spread it all over. And this is, I would say, the techniques is almost the same, basically. 
Yeah, so I'm glad you know it and you've done it. But I know purposely that the concept of mindfulness is why they do not call it meditation, is because a Badaka do not want to be associated with any religion. It is a Western concept. Well, I use Western means there's no religion behind it. There is no drawing meditation about anything. If you are closing your eyes and you're breathing in and out, you're not thinking of any ICS. Yes, I heard of someone that does Yiddish meditation, and you close your eyes and you start focusing on meditating on the Alephas and then on ICS together. This and mindfulness is very simple. Be mindful of your action. You could be mindful of your clothing. You could be mindful on how you're walking slower. You can be mindful how you do the dishes. You could be mindful of the temperature in the room. You can be mindful of the stars, of what you're looking at. In other words, concentrate on one thing? That's right. That's all it is, is when your mind runs away, go right back to that same thought. And as you keep on one thought, you find your body relaxing. You teach your mind how to get away from your mind that runs away. Like a now that's a That's right. It teaches you how to get focused again. Uh-huh. Like not to go all over the place, say one thing at a time. That's exactly. And as mm-hmm. you practice that, as you get better and better, it gets easier and easier. I'm just, so like, I'm just like wondering about like why they have to write that. Like, it's like. So I want to clarify something. I'm going to say it again. You said you read a DBT yeah. brochure. Yeah. Just because someone has a DBT brochure does not mean they speak for everyone for DBT. No, it's not it's for women. I don't know where Marsha Linehan, where, where, that, where that is. I know she has a title or something of that, but she doesn't. Mindfulness has nothing to do with it. Mm-hmm. Okay, from what, I, she's the, uh, from what I understand, she's the author of DBT. She is. Right, so that's where I read it, that she wrote it. I know she studied that, but, that is, but she isn't the founder of mindfulness. She brought mindfulness in that was out there before her. Uh-huh. Okay. Thank you yeah. so much. You're okay. welcome. I'm sorry. If she did say it, I didn't. I wasn't aware that she said it, and that she gets it from from the Far East stuff. Because as far as I know, the mindfulness, and I've studied all her mindfulness, there is nothing of the Far East stuff in there. There is no sitting in any meditative positions. None of that. All her mindfulness is about doing your action, looking at something, your breath. That's it. Staying mindful and getting your mind back to it. Okay, so we sure, go to another Miss L. Miss L, it's wonderful having you and just sharing with everyone the number that's listening. The number to call up is okay. 718-683-5858. 718-683-5858. Great, and let's go to Miss L. Yes. Yes, hi. Yes, hello. Hi, I'm just wondering, how is energy used as a therapy? Say that again, how is what used? Energy. Oh, energy is not regular classic therapy, so we don't really discuss that on this program. Yeah, it's a, it's a nice question. It's for something I have some knowledge, but it's not what I try to promote or discuss. That's more like a one-on-one, I could explain it, but not... Yeah, you, it get, could get complicated with halachas, rabbanim. You need to know what that is. Is that, is that like hypnosis? 
Um, absolutely not. One has got nothing to do with the other. Completely opposite. Can you explain So I will again? ask you, does um, hypnosis is getting into part of the brain called the subconscious. And do you hear any energy in getting into a subconscious? It's a part okay. of the brain called the subconscious or the unconscious, as the professional call it. And hypnosis helps you get into the unconscious, where we have thoughts and feelings, and we work on it. That is hypnosis. Energy is using body energy that everyone has and to channel it to heal. And sometimes, just as Reb said about meditation, sometimes you've got to draw on certain energies or things pulling down or helping and healing, and you need to know what you could and what you can't do. When would you do hypnosis? I think you need to ask someone that's an active hypnotist. It gets very complicated. I actually know a lot about hypnosis, but it's very complicated because those that search for hypnosis usually search it for the wrong reason. So I'd like to talk about the more classical modalities that we use. You don't find too many regular therapists doing hypnosis. There's a very good reason why. And that is? The people that usually like going for hypnosis want quick fixes, don't want to work. Get into my brain, tell me I should be happy, and it all disappears. They saw some movie or they have some idea that someone snaps their finger, the count of three, and now the anxiety disappears. I'm out of my depression. And whoever has ever called my office to do hypnosis, I shouldn't say whoever, most have not, or I would even say 95% have not been willing to put in 10% of the effort that they had to do in regular therapy. Does that make sense? Um, when you're thinking, when you called asking about hypnosis, what were you hoping I would say? What did you think um, hypnosis could do, just hearing that word? I'm doing, I thought it's a different way of another modality. Good. And what were you thinking about that modality? Hypnosis is a system that people have a preconceived opinion. No, so I feel like this is like people have buried a past that are hindering their development and uh -huh. they can't get to the distance of batteries. That's what that's what this is all about. Um, so that's really not, that's something that hypnosis can also do, but let's go, so we use the word buried. What do you think would happen? So you go into hypnosis and you discover that some pain is there. What do you think would be the next step? Work it out. That's right. And so far, the people, when I used to do hypnosis, I never got, oh, I want to work it out. I won't now bury it. Now this, have it disappear. I don't want that pain to be there. I don't want to start doing therapy. I don't want to start talking about it. I don't want to start processing it. So what else do you do for those past? Oh, there are many different modalities. There's something that we call inner work that we do. There's a lot of EMDR. There's somatic. I feel you're asking some very big questions like on one second. Those are, these are major modalities. You need to understand more about the brain, understand how it works. All I can tell you is that even regular therapy, if they're not doing classical CBT, they will help you start. They will talk about your past. 
There are many different systems. The first therapy modality, which is psychoanalysis, deals with the past. There are many systems. Most therapists can do that. So if you'd like, you can go to a regular therapist, and there are simple questions that they ask. When did this happen in the past? What does this remind you of? What's a pattern that you see happening over and over? And they'll help you get there. Well, yeah. Um, one more thing. Can damage past pain come out as physical, physical pain? Um, so that is a system of diagnosis called somatic disorder. Somatic means our mind and body connection, our emotional pain will be on our body. But here's again, there are limits to everything. Kervnison, what would you say? All right, so let's go. Yeah, so let's see our past, physical pain. So if someone has got emotional pain, will that cause them to break a bone? No. So what were you referring to? Headaches. So headaches? It's possible, but I got a different question for you. Before we go to if it's emotional, are you sleeping enough hours? Mm. Do you sleep eight hours, seven to eight hours if you're getting headaches? Are you eating healthy? Do you exercise at all? Do you take breaks during your day? What would you say to all those questions that I asked? Uh, um, I'm just wondering if a person is and there's something emotional going on, I get headaches to think it's connected. Now notice, notice how you asked your question again and what was my answer? What were my questions that I asked? I got it. That's what I have to think about. Say that again? I said I, I hear. It's just a lot to think about. I hear that. Good. So you see people, that's again when we go to the hypnosis, people want to go subconscious and all that stuff. And I am, let's first do the olive phase. And that is the reason why I, why I don't do hypnosis for many years, for over 10 or 12 years. I found people that were into hypnosis were coming in with an opinion, and they weren't wanting to hear other stuff, like, are you taking care of your sleep? Mm-hmm. And those are, the, those are the points that, I, that we work on, that we focus on. And in classical therapy, that's what we do. We're busy focusing on, and even with the subconscious that we do, but it's always grounded in the here and now. And I find many people are interested in whenever someone mentions the word hypnosis, from my experience, I don't use whenever, mostly they're not willing to deal with the here and now. Let's work on your sleep. Let's work on what's preventing you from going to sleep on time. Let's work on what are your current stresses. People are very focused about their past. But what about your present first? Past is meant to be part of what we heal, but not to live in that. Right. Just how does working in the present, like, listening if you do that in the present, how does this thing, like, does it stick? I mean... So there are different modalities. The cognitive behavioral therapy does believe it sticks. 
Many Yeah, that's cognitive behavioral opinions. We don't care about your past. We care about the present. Change your thoughts. Change your behavior. You'll see change. Now, I don't agree with that 100%. I do believe in that a large percentage, but I still believe in the past, and we deal with the past in our system, in our center. But we don't live in the past. We live in the present. We identify past patterns. We help cleaning up some of the past. We also pro project a future piece, but we deal with the present. Mm. I'm here, I'm here. Wow, thank you so much. I appreciate that. Can you repeat, could you tell me what you heard? Just, I like when I hear, when I said, sorry the first thoughts. One, one. Can you, let's say you repeat it, what would you say here? Uh, Mordechai. Yeah. Okay, I don't know, it was some, something wrong with my phone. I'm trying to, 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 to work. I would say that I know, I know many times that... Uh, uh, I had the issue with, with one of uh, teenagers and everybody thought something wrong in the end they found that uh, that the the teeth the back teeth was creating the headache and really trying to go and to do a deep search and and also with the eye vision some people get headache with eye vision and everybody thinking that they have to go to therapist and trying to get find something something wrong with there and it's wrong you know, as you I said, we have to thank you for saying that. Yes, we have to start, as you said, starting from the A to the to the Z and try to find what's wrong. If it's if she if she doesn't eat the right way, if she doesn't sleep the right way, if some you know things that regular things that happen to us every day can cause a, a lot of headaches and a lot of uh, physical uh, pain. Yes, exactly, and it's so important. That when, again, to me the word hypnosis, I don't know why, but whoever is interested in hypnosis, I don't want to say whoever, most people, I find them looking for quick fixes. want to work. I'll close my eyes, I'm going to go right in, like, tell me, take it out, and then it gets better. Yes, uh, this is like, uh, we, we, I call it the, the, the red string syndrome. People go, yeah. <laughs> put a red string around the end, and that's it, finish. You give it a little bit of money, and everything will be okay. That's right. So I even just got a message now from someone, I don't know who it is, but they just said, I'm a client in your center, and I went to many therapists dealing with the now, and I still suffered from anxiety. Now, I feel my old dirt has been taken away. I feel calmer than ever. Exactly. So in our center, we deal with the past, but we don't live in the past. We deal with what was your trigger now? What is your pain now? What's your anxiety now? What's your depression now? What's your OCD now? We link it with the past. We heal the past, but we come right back to the present. And we give you exercises to do. And you need to do behaviors in the present. We don't just talk about your past. We deal with the now. Oh, beautiful. You know, I don't know if you know, you saw the, the clip of video of a young Indian boy that talking about what you practice. No, I didn't. And I have to send you this. It's amazing. And they said, like, very simple. It's what you practice. If you practice worried, it will be the best of this. You will be worried from anything that is exi not even existing. And if <laughs> and uh, practice fear, you will be fear. You will be very, very good at this. You've been fear from anything. 
and yeah. the, it's continue like this and the, the end of the, the basically I said to this practice the good but practice the, the happiness practice that's right th- no and everybody you know, if you are let's said, even talk about the mindfulness that's yes. exactly what mindfulness is sometimes people say but I see the problem I'm stuck I'm stuck the goal of mindfulness exercises are and that's like the, the classic exercises they have in this as I'm doing it right now as I'm speaking to you you stand up And when you walk, walk slower. And all of a sudden you pay attention how much harder it is to stand, like your balance is a little off. And you're thinking about the here and now, pay attention to the slow steps, and you're being grounded. And that's the walking. There's, let's say they call it the doing the dishes. That's a very famous one for women. Just do the dish and do it slower. Be mindful of the texture of the dish, of the water. The sight is look at something, look at the stars, look at nature, and just notice what you're seeing. You're in a room looking at a wall. What are you noticing about the wall? And the goal of this is that it teaches when your mind's flying because the brain doesn't have a... It doesn't have like a physical place where you can stop a behavior. The mind runs. So the way you teach it is about starting to teach the mind that easy stuff, not when it's having anxiety, not when the person is depressed or the person is having a major OCD. It's you practicing it during the day several times for a while to keep your mind focused on the small stuff that when it starts building up, you can stay focused again. That is mindfulness. Yeah, this is really... It's practice. Yeah. It's practice exactly. and practice. That's what no. you're saying. It's practicing. Exactly. And you know, if uh, you're talking about mm-hmm. uh, the doing slowly, I'm sorry that I'm interrupting. No, no, uh, you're not. I finished. Thank you. For for example, you know, if you do if you do Zen Tai Chi, though, it's a, it's basically as a you see in the park the old Chinese people doing it. You know, slow motion, yeah. everything. You know, and it's amazing to see people thinking it's very easy. You know the Try to do move your hand from the from the side of your body to the, the shoulder level and a slow motion, and you see how tough is it, how concentrate and how this you know you're working. I I used to do the session every morning, uh, and in Yerushalayim, and you feel yourself after this session like a beautiful. It's amazing. You 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 just. You clean all your mind and everything, but it's it's taking a lot of effort, physical yeah. and mental. Yes, to do something slow is now grounding. You're taking control over your mind, moving your hand in a slow direction. Simple. It's not like that first caller about the Far East meditation stuff. It's nothing. It all it is is maybe it. She has taken the concept from there, let's say. But mindfulness isn't hers. Mindfulness, what Marsha Winham did in DBT, is she took different modalities and put them together. Mindfulness is not a Far East skill. All it is is Western, be grounded in the moment. Do an action and do it there. Okay, so uh, 718-683-5858, 718-683-5858, and the text number is 347-927-8398, 347-927-8398. Red Mordechai, the therapist, is waiting for your phone call, so just uh, give us a call. And Red Mordechai, you want to take some text? Yeah. Um, just one other message that someone just sent. Yes, exactly. What we said. I'm also a client in your center, and I feel like your center is the perfect balance of looking into the past just to correct for the present. Yeah, we're not here 
You don't want to live in the past. The past happens. You want to learn from it. You want to ease the past. But that's it. And we're going to take over here a text message. Let's try this one. Hi. First, I'd like to thank you for your amazing informative radio shows. Now, to my question. How does a couple know when their marriage needs some help or if it's just a normal relationship with some ups and downs? Example, yelling and screaming at times or this is behavior that's never allowed. I would also like to say that I'm very strong water nature. My husband's a very strong fire nature. I would appreciate if you could answer my question. Thanks. And may Hashem repay you for all that you do. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Um, okay, so this is a very complicated question, simply because the question is, how do you know when your marriage needs help or not? I think you need to speak to someone a little bit with more one-on-one, because every marriage will have difficulties. I would say every husband or wife can yell once in a while. But is it yelling, shouting? Is it abusive yelling and shouting? What I consider yelling, what you might be considering just talking. So such a question like that is definitely necessary. It's very, you know, I would, going on. I would say if that you this... Think, yeah, go ahead, Rav I'm sorry. I would say this is very normal to be, and I I would say that what what I what I don't like is to tag personality already. You know, just tagging it. Uh, see what what you can not do and working and see if it's become like physical, become crazy, become every every day from the morning to the night, or just is once in a while. It's it's not simple to answer this question. It's not you no. Know, it's and how many years you're together. So many variants on this. Exactly. All I will say is, if you're not happy in your marriage, or you're being pulled down, or you're afraid, or there's too much shouting, more than you would like, then how about looking at it, instead of going to a therapist because there are problems, how about you look at going to a therapist to enhance your marriage? So, Mr. Shem, I want to do probably sometime the end of February, like when we do that workshop, let's say, of taking your marriage from good to great. Yes, there are people that have difficult marriages that can gain from the skills, but it's the focus is how to have a marriage go from good to great, which is normal to have the difficulties and the pressures and the overwhelm and the upsetness. Now we get stuck in looking at the negatives that we start getting down that path. There are lots of skills how to help a good marriage go from good to great. So the number to call up is 718-683-5858, 718-683-5858, and we are going to Mrs. W. Hello? Yes, hello. Okay, thank you so much for everything that you do. Um, You're so welcome. I, have, I just want to have a, ask a question. I have a daughter. Um, she's extremely sensitive when it comes to dental work or just even a flu shot. Before we even go um, to the office, she sounds calm and she would be mature and everything is okay. But when the doctor just touches her and doesn't even do anything yet, she's off the table. Um, I'm just wondering if this is a lack of maturity, a sensory issue. So you said she's 11 years old? Nine. 
nine. This is very age appropriate. Mm-hmm. This is very mm-hmm. age appropriate. Doesn't mean there aren't things that you can do to help out, but this is normal. Uh, if I do have other kids, and all of them really are so mature about it, and you know they okay. even enjoy going to a dentist, and you know they don't even uh, give well, a I boot. don't know anyone that enjoys it. <laughs> I'm glad that you were able to train your kids to do that. I you know, the prize so so exciting for them, and you know it comes with a package. Wow, you must go to an amazing dentist. <laughs> I still have from the dentist. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so is, there, is there a way of getting needles. the Almost every time you go to a dentist, you're going to need to numb the area so they know it makes all perfectly normal sense to be afraid. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Would you now, say that this is a sensory issue? Was this, uh, 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 this is called normal. Oh, this is normal. called normal. Uh-huh. This is called healthy. Uh-huh. This is called a uh-huh. wonderful, healthy child. Uh-huh. I did hear like of a few approaches. Go ahead. I'm sorry? No, no. Kids, all kids are afraid of shots. That's uh-huh. the flu shot. When kids go uh-huh. to the doctor, the biggest fear is, am I going to need to get a needle, or will I need blood work? Mm-hmm. This is all um, normal. This year, I have a few approaches. Yeah. I don't know if this is something that's, um, it sounds like crazy to me, but there is such a thing that dentists do. They manage to take the child, and they um, would belt the child's hands and feet and everything, that this is the way they should be able to work. I thought this was like very traumatizing for a child, but if I need yes, to do it, it could be. but if um, they need to do it, then you need to do it. But there are other steps before going to that extreme. Uh huh. What would that be? Well, number one is you would probably try a little awareness with her, telling her, "Can you be aware that just because there's a little pinch doesn't mean it hurts you that much? Maybe we could even take." like a sharp little point, maybe a toothpick, and just put it, let's say, on the gums, just feeling it, you see it doesn't hurt that much, put it, they do it themselves, and the needles are specially meant not to hurt, so you just feel a little bit of prick, and the dentists are taught how to do it, because they do it all day, so this way it shouldn't hurt, you just feel a little prick like that toothpick, that's one thing, so you're doing exposure. Another one is that let's practice when the dentist will come in, or when you're there, to tell me what you're afraid of, or how to breathe. Or so that you could tell the doctor dentist to stop. Mm-hmm. Another mm-hmm. part is to have her be in the room when one of your other kids have the work done. So she'll watch mm-hmm. and see and how it's modeled to become. Oh, that's a great idea. Yeah. But again, I want you to know that it's 100% normal. There's a great story that I love. It's said in Yiddish, but it's still, and it was said supposedly about the about the Sanzer Rebbe going back in Europe, where someone comes running to him and saying, Rebbe, what do I do? My son went crazy. He's dancing with Shiksus and he's eating Chazer. And the Rebbe said, he's not crazy, he's normal. If he would be dancing with Chazer and eating Shiksus, that won't be normal. Now we have to work on it. There's Taiva and that's stuff. You need to realize a kid to be afraid of a dentist and of shots at nine years old is called normal. Mm-hmm. But mom is jumping down the, the chair and punching yeah, and like physically that's clear. That's trying clear. to escape. And she might have once had a root canal or something that was so painful the other kids didn't. And she, you can look, talk to her, see what's going on, let her watch her modeling. But yes, kids are petrified of dentists. That's why there are special dentists, which I'm not going to if it's right or wrong, but they have now screened, so kids should be watching 
they have different games or, or stuff to make it easier. And they sometimes tell the parent, like sometimes they will strap you down a little, but they even use sometimes those little laughing ads to make the kid a little bit easier. There's a lot of stuff that they do because they understand that it's normal for kids to be afraid. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I hear. Okay, I thank you so much for everything that you You're, do. It's really amazing. I really appreciate it. All the best. Sure. Excellent. And one of the points, again, I guess, uh, if you're still listening, is to be able to reassure her it's normal to be afraid. And now you want her to gain control a little over her emotions. And that's many times where you promise kids prizes, especially when you go to the dentist. If you stay calm, if you stay good, it'll be okay. And many times you want to reassure them that once you're mouth is numb, you're not feeling the pain. Yes, you might feel a little pressure from their tools and machines, but that's not pain. That's a pressure. Or that's, uh, let's say, awareness. Not awareness. You're mindful of that there's a weight being pushed, but it's not pain. And you can clarify the difference between pain and between feeling someone touch your thing. So you can have them, let's say, push on a tooth. Ah, oh, and I'm doing right now pulling it out. I'm not feeling pain by pushing down on the tooth but I'm aware that there's weight, and when the doctors numb the gum, you're feeling weight when they're working on it, but it's not pain. And this can help the kid to recognize the difference. I think also when if she, if she talks with a brother or sister, you know, and let the brother first of all, or sister first of all, you know, that, and she'll get some more confidence. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Uh, uh, Mordechai, uh, you know, we have quite a few texts uh, right now. First of yes. all, uh, you want to talk about the last two, last two week? Uh, I got a lot of uh, feedback about this. Let's hear which one. But the, the uh, we got a couple of messages. Yeah, the agging. Oh, yes. Let me go ahead and see that one. That's the last one. Go ahead. Yes, here it is. Thank you. I want to thank you so much for your strong response to last week's question about the Bachar who wants a hug. I was crying while listening. The last hug and I love you that I got from my parents was when I was two. I wish I could forward the program to my parents. It's so important for people to hear. So, so, so true of this. And can we discuss it? Can you say what we're discussing about? Yeah, we got a text message from a lady that uh, her son asked her to hug. He's 14 years old, and he asked her to hug him every day. And she was very confused. She don't know if it's right. It doesn't know if she, it's right or not. You know. And uh, we spoke about it very long. And I tell you, I, even after the show, I got, I met people in the street, and they really was enthusiastic about this question because people don't understand how important the physical context as it's just a love and appreciation and hugging and kissing a, a mother and, and a son, a father and a daughter and husband and wife. It's so important. I'm not only that they're doing it randomly in the street or something, but people need to feel loved. Rejection is the worst uh, thing that happen to any human. Yes. Yes. So let's get for people to understand this and to hear how important it is. A part of the human development is that we need to be able to get 
physical love. I'm going to read over your message that I actually got yesterday. I didn't have a chance to read it yet on my personal on the line, but just over here, I've been listening to your line for a long time. I've been in therapy for years, but few things strike a chord the way the latest j Radio did. The letter regarding the 14-year-old who needs physical love, wow, this literally has me in tears. I was a 14-year-old, and I dared ask my parents for love. You know what they said? Love is guyish. Ouch. How wrong is that? To shove away a kid and deprive him of the basic human need. I don't know about Gaiushkeit. I know that the Torah has tons of love, and without Ava, we live a dead existence. I hope that parents will stop viewing love as a new Mishigas, because it's as old as time. And my hope is that these deprived kids should not go missing in a search for love that their parents couldn't give them. Well, I doubt them for these kids, and they should remain strong and not search for creepy, crawly places, although they may be lacking the fundamental warmth and affection. I doubt that they shouldn't live with the aftermath that comes from living with such lack of affection. I doubt that Hashem should spare these parents from the pain of seeing their child slip away and search in other places, never realizing that this might be precisely the reason that they lost their child. Continue Hatzlacha. Wow, this is powerful. This yeah. is something so, very special. P.S. My therapist will have some fun helping me calm down. They wrote him big. Thanks for being so brave and bringing up this topic. Yeah, isn't this? It, it's so true now, but when you speak to Rabbi Wallerstein, this is what he says all the time. People that are dealing with the teens at risk, and just to be aware that they say the number one thing that they're looking for is that acceptance and that love. And even though they get it and then it's wrong and it's not healthy and they're, and they're lowering and they're sinking and, and they're getting it the wrong way so it's not filling it up. And then they have problems in all those places. But at least for them, they got something that they're stuck into and they can't get out of that. And the way you help them get out is by giving them the love and giving them the kosher, healthy way that you learn a healthy balance. Because on the streets, once they're in it, they're stuck in a certain pattern. They can't get out of that. Yeah. And someone else to clarify, I just, just not, we can go back to this topic, but what I said from the Tzanzu Rav was, uh, from the Kozmog Rebbe was, I, I clarified, I said a little wrong, said that he's not crazy, but he's a shagat. Not that he's normal, but he's not crazy. Uh-huh. So, we just to clarify that. I want, I want to talk, you know, we, we, it's leading me to take the other text about uh, the, the, two the two girls, about, you know, that she's feeling the... Oh, let me it? see it. I didn't pay attention to all of them. Actually, you sent me a lot of them. Yeah. I'm 20 years single, and my parents have uh, their difficulties. Yeah, so for the younger sister. Yeah, I, I think it's leading to this question, in my opinion, part yes. of this. So for Mr. Weimerger, thanks for everything. I'm in my low 20s, single, and my parents have their difficulties. I have a sister who's around 10, and I feel bad for her. So I try to act like a mother to her. Sometimes she gets so attached to me, like when I'm out with my friend, she constantly calls me, where are you? It can get very annoying. What is the balance between caring for her and living on my own? Thanks in advance. Excellent, Ms. And how would you say this now with what we're talking about? 
I think first of all, the, it's it's unbelievable for the the sister the taking in charge and see that what the sister need, you know, and the the young sister need need attention, need love, and she provide it. She has to be proud about it, but she cannot continue like this. I would say that maybe maybe try to approach some teachers, some you know. People, other people then involved with the the young sister and see what you can help or even approach the parents directly if it's possible and try to solve the problem definitely and for this girl let's say for her to answer let's say to answer her point is is to really tell her like when I'm home or I'm here we could play a game like set the boundaries so you're aware that you're not her mother you're her older sister you can give her care you can take her you can have time you could be the older sister and spend time with her that's very normal that's what it is you can be an older sister but not do a mother so when she calls you where are you she says what do you mean I'm just your older sister like I'm going out with my friends now play with your friends speak to mommy you're bored go over to mommy to talk to like you start having them be or need to be healthy on their level. So there's a way to be a big sister, but not to take over being the mother. That's not your title. I just want to remind people the number to call up is 718-683-5858. Yeah, it is very, very, very important to recognize that giving love and giving care is something that's important. However, at the same time, when we're giving emotional love, emotional care, we need to make sure it's the right one doing it. So if you're a big sister, you gotta do it at a level that a big sister does, not take over the role as a mother. If you're a mother, you gotta do it as a mother is supposed to do it, not as a big sister, which means you're gonna be more hugging, you're, gonna have, you're going to learn to have more patience for your kids. You go away, it's normal for your kids to call you where you are. Okay, we'll go to Miss M. Miss M, hi, you're on with Mordechai and Rav Nissen. Yes, hi. Um, I'd like to thank you for an awareness that you spoke a few times about. Good, let me hear which one. So you spoke about sometimes when we help other people, we think we're helping, but not always. Um, is that actually true? Yes, thank you. So, um... I'd like to share a situation that I had. Um, there was a struggling family, and I was helping out a little. And I thought the situation, you know, I made it a little easier, whatever I was doing. And I thought that I was doing the right thing, because, you know, things were becoming a little better. But once yeah. I was talking to one of the parents, and she was saying, you know, Baruch Hashem, the situation isn't that bad, because I was helping them in whatever area. And then yeah. I was thinking to myself, you know, I thought I was helping, but who says this could be that this is actually just making things worse? And I want to thank you for this line, just, you know, that made me aware of this whole thing. If not, I don't think I would have thought that I'm doing something actually bad. Wow. And let me ask you, so what did you do? So I just told her that, you know, I stopped doing what I was doing, and I gave myself some excuses. I also mm -hmm. told her that I don't think I'm the right person to help you out in whatever I was doing. Yeah. And, and that's the end of it. 
Excellent. I mean, I didn't, uh, I didn't actually see, I can't see, say that the situation is great and she went for help and everything is good, but I know that I did mine and whatever she's going to end up doing, at least I know that I didn't make it worse. Wow. Very, very, very brave of you. That takes a lot to be able to take yourself out of where you feel you're helping someone, where in reality it might be the other way. Right, so we just have to wait for all the helping people, quote-unquote, to stop helping, and maybe the family is going to actually start, you know, getting back on their feet. Yes. Oh, beautiful. Wow. I would say this is... So a... I'd like to thank you. You're so welcome. Let me ask you something. Yes, go ahead, Rabnissa. I sure. think that this is really give a, give you like, all the credit and to the J into the J Road Radio that it's 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 working. People get their yes. awareness. Yes. Yeah, it's actually amazing because I always hear people calling and saying this and that, and then I'm like, I'm in a situation, and and it was interesting that you know I was able to plug in things that you're saying, and it was I was like, yeah, this is this is what they're always talking about, so. I want to thank you and have a good night. Wow, thank you so much. That really, really means a lot to me. Because yeah, that is the goal, to create the awareness and to recognize. Wow, beautiful. Yes. And the number to call up is 718-683-5858, 718-683-5858. And we are here to take your comments, and especially beautiful positive ones where we make a change lead to situations where they realize now that they're not helping, they're not being positive by helping out, but in fact, unfortunately, it's the other way around. They're making it worse by enabling the person to think, oh, it's not so bad because people are helping. So again, the number to call up is 718-683-5858, 718-683-5858. Five eight five eight. And what do you say about the last text that you I sent to you? Let me take a look. Yeah, I wasn't here. <laughs> Hi, I would appreciate if you can take my question. From what does it come if I can't make a decision? Uh, listen, I let you steal this one. What would you say? Something like that. <laughs> uh, I would say that uh, <laughs> it's. It's first of all, it's I don't know I don't know where it's come from, how it come, but it's it's normal to get you know to to put aside a decision, but uh, you have to 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 regulate yourself and I would say practice to make the decision and see it's become very easy when you start making one decision at a time and write down write down what kind of decision you did and uh, don't don't regret that's it you know and I would say that. Uh, we in and our Torah said the safek, the doubt is is Amalek. And the minute yeah. you get yourself to this kind of level of doubt, they'll do this, I'll do this, and you just don't find yourself in the right spot. Just make the decision and say that uh make may I make Kadosh Baruch Hu help me to make the decision and that's it. Yes. I don't know, for me it's a it's a for all of us, there's a problem to make decision, but when you make it, don't look backwards. Yes, so, so true. And many times when people do have the difficulty with making decisions, I'm going to tie it into our last discussion about getting hugged and the care from a parent is, has to do with this concept about 
having a parent connect to you, have a parent tell you you're safe. I'm just going to read a message that someone just sent because it's just what we're talking about. This is about getting love from parents and the hugs. That's what I need. So talking about the hugs and kisses, for the mental illness that I have, which is a BPD, borderline personality disorder, MDD, major depressive disorder, PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder, and GAD, general anxiety disorder, and eating disorder. And I suffer from what you're speaking about the identity. So can we realize not getting love from parents can unfortunately not give you the stability to be able to make this to feel well, to get into a depression, to go through trauma, to have anxiety, and whatever you do, you're worried, you're afraid, you're not having the security. And all that takes is parents just do healthy what Hashem has given us. Hashem has given a healthy child a healthy parents the natural instincts to want to hug and kiss the child and to tell your children how special they are. And if you didn't get it, you know how you're hurt. You know what you're feeling, and give it to your children. And if you can't, then just go for therapy to get it. But this is important. The disorders that pop up is because a large part, we're missing the hour phase. We don't have to get to advanced levels. We don't have to get questions about hypnosis. Simple, hug, kiss, sleep, have food, spend time with your kid, play a game with them. Simple stuff, but that is amazing. Yes, I just want to say we got phone call about the dentist, and the lady told me that uh, a, a, a child that was very, very uh, at bed cavity and was afraid, and few dentists wanted to put anesthesia. And she went to a, a, a regular dentist, a kid's dentist. He put some video, he put stuff in front of the kids, and it passed without any anesthesia. That's so. We have to set, to make a research about the dentist and how to approach them. Thank yeah, you for the caller. Excellent. Yeah, thanks for that caller. So, again, each dentist will have their types. The important thing is for you to realize look at what your kidneys, maybe you went to a dentist that did work and didn't do the anesthesia. Who knows? Yeah. Okay. Great. And the number to call up is 718-683-5858-718-683-5858. What is this? When the 20-year-old gets married, it's going to be really hard for a 10-year-old sis if she's relying on her. Very true. This is all part of what's happening. Yeah, that's very... Okay, well, it seems like uh yeah, calmer evening. Yes. Hatzlach, <laughs> everyone. Thank you for the messages, especially those that called up, and we look forward to taking your questions and your comments, Mr. Shem, next week. Bezal Hashem, thank you, Ramadichai, and uh, keep warm yourself. Yeah, it's definitely cold. Let's keep yeah. warm. Thank you, and all the best.